Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Coming up on this edition of The Intersection, you will hear some of the insight of Hillary Morgan Ferrer of Mama Bear Apologetics, who offers comments relative to a biblical perspective on matters of sexuality. Also, Amy Beck Lee, a contributing writer for The Rabbit Room and Cultivating Magazine, describes how possessing a yearning for our heavenly home can impact our lives here on this earth. And on this edition of The Intersection, Hormoz Shariat of Iran Alive Ministries provides analysis about what is occurring in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas, as well as the connection to Iranian leadership and the Iranian people. He also relates how God is at work in that country. Finally, at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, I talked with mother and daughter Karen Porter and Cherry McGregor, who provide inspiration from the characters in the Christmas story that can be meaningful for Christians reflecting on the meaning of Jesus coming to earth. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Founder of Mama Bear Apologetics, Hillary Morgan Ferrer, desires to equip parents to deal with important issues surrounding sexuality that are influencing and impacting their children. She is the co-author and general editor of the book entitled Mama Bear Apologetics Guide to Sexuality, Empowering Your Kids to Understand and Live Out God's Design. Now with some content from a recent Meeting House conversation, this is Hillary Morgan Ferrer. God is the author of sex. It's not a surprise to him. It's something that he gave us as a gift. But um, beyond that, we have to recognize that, that sex isn't meant to kind of show us who God is in the sense that Paul says that the mystery of Christ in the church, the mystery of, um, of, of marriage was meant to show us Christ in the church. But our society is degraded and perverted the picture within sex so badly that they, they honestly will get downright angry at anyone who suggests that there may be a spiritual link or a spiritual analogy that is at play here. The very idea feels really dirty. It feels perverse. Um, honestly, I think it's because we've lost the beauty of sexuality and the role that it plays, and we've turned it into something that's either purely carnal, like, you know, what am I craving? What am I wanting? What feels good? Or we've turned it into something purely pragmatic and saying, well, this is God's only design was to make babies. Well, th there's something beautiful about uh, having a purpose and having an enjoyable process in order to accomplish that purpose. So uh, as I say in the book, we haven't just lost the meaning of sex. I think, honestly, we've lost the meaning of meaning, that things can have a meaning outside of the obvious, something and to which they're supposed to be pointing to. Well, let's talk just a bit about the ministry that you have. It's called Mama Bear Apologetics, and you talk a lot about worldview. And so yeah. when you think about, again, this whole area, how does the way that one views sexuality reflect that person's worldview? Yeah, so a lot of people, when they're teaching worldview, they kind of go back to what are the main basic questions that every human society has ever had to answer. You know, where do we come from? Why were we made? Where are we going? What's our destiny? what's a good life, what's not a good life. Um, but one of the things that I think we've kind of forgotten that's at the head of all these questions, in my opinion, is the great question, 
that worldview answers, which is says who. This idea of who is the who is the authority? Where is the buck stop? Who has the right to say what a human is, what our function is, what our purpose is, what constitutes good, what constitutes evil, what's a life well lived, what's a life lived poorly? All of these are worldview questions. And if we divorce this idea of there being an outside of a, a authority other than ourselves, then we can't even begin to answer the questions of what is right and wrong, because what is right and wrong becomes a purely, um, it, it's just a power struggle of who likes something else more instead of something that's coming from a creator saying, how did I design this to work? And how is this going to work in a way that provides the most flourishing, the most satisfaction for the creatures that I've created? And so I think we see within sexuality, people are asking the wrong question. They're saying, well, what is bringing people the most pleasure? Well, of course, that then becomes what is good and what is evil. They don't look at how the body was created, how the body actually knows uh, it was designed for certain types of sexuality. And, and I would say not just the body, but human psyche was designed for certain types of sexuality. And, and just in the research that I've done, every time you start getting away from this biblical view of sex was created to be between a man and a woman who are united for a lifetime, who are meant to be you know, either raising children together or going to be together for a very long time, you start seeing elements of depression, you start seeing elements of anxiety. You even start seeing, especially within, um, I'll say, some of the the, uh, the more perversion, the more away from that original design it gets, you even see more signs of suicidal ideation and suicide attempts. And I asked a question recently, well, you know, everybody says this only happens because maybe certain sexual minorities are not as accepted in society. So I thought, okay, let's go find out what the absolute most accepting society is when it comes to any kind of sexual mores. And I think the number one country on there was Norway. So I started looking at Norway's research to say, are they seeing the same rise in suicidal ideation, anxiety, depression, suicidal attempts? And you have the exact same percentages kind of represented hmm. there, almost showing how people intrinsically psychologically physically know that what they, uh, the, what, the way that they are expressing their sexual their sexual identity is not the way that they were created and so it's having this just uh, cascade of mental and physical problems that are coming from it and there's no way to get around that hillary morgan ferrer here on meeting house weekend on faith radio the website address is mama m-a-m-a bear apologetics Com. This is the Intersection Podcast with the author of the book entitled This Homeward Ache, How Our Yearning for the Life to Come Spurs on Our Life Today. Her name is Amy Beck Lee. She is a member artist of the Anselm Society Arts Guild and a contributing writer at the Rabbit Room and the Cultivating Project. In our recent Meeting House conversation, she commented on how the desire for heaven can impact our life on earth. Here now from that conversation is Amy Beck Lee. My inspiration for this book was really, um, I think, a, a chain of events that happened throughout my childhood and well into young adulthood, and actually it's still happening today, of what I came to call stabs of joy, <laughs> of um, a kind of encounter with beauty or peace or some experience of wholeness that would leave me feeling a certain ache. And as I 
kind of um, came into communities that put me in touch with resources that talked more about that ache. Um, C.S. Lewis was one of those um, resources, I guess you could say. I think I started to lean into uh, learning about how that is connected to the story of the gospel and of what God is doing and what he has promised for us. And so um, the book really came out of recognizing that story and also being around people who also knew the ache but didn't know what to do with it. And as I turned around and looked at my own life, I thought, well, I think my life has been affected in so many ways by the particular quality of this ache and of the joy that it brings. And so uh, I wanted to write a story or a book that could encourage others. Well, it certainly sounds to me like this is quite a challenging task because you, you've got a couple of concepts here that are seemingly contradictory when you talk about joy. And I think that you use the word stabs of joy. Is that correct? <laughs> I do. Yeah. And that's actually it's, borrowed from C.S. Lewis. Well, you, you, so you talk about something that one might say is painful an ache, mm-hmm. a stab, mm-hmm. but something right. that also brings joy. I would almost say, Amy, that this is almost something, and I, and I think believers in Jesus Christ can resonate with that, but it seems like that it could be rather difficult to put into words. Is that at least somewhat of your experience? Absolutely, yeah. I think in so many ways, it's difficult to put it into words for ourselves in the first place. And then to talk about it in the company of others or to even try to describe it can be a challenge. (laughs) So as you began to really describe this, how is it that you really sensed that the Holy Spirit was was leading you to really communicate this this homeward ache or as you use the phrase homeward longing mm-hmm. um i think the way that the spirit led was often in well in the overview i think i had a list i tried to put together a list of those memories and moments that had meant so much um and then i really wanted to create a space for the reader, a sort of atmosphere almost in the way that I told those memories. So I wasn't going to try to pick the details apart and to analyze them, but I wanted to invite them into whatever setting or scene or experience it was in the hope that as they read it, um, they might be able to remember similar moments in their lives. And so uh, that was tricky. I don't know that I've hit that. I I don't know that I've hit that sweet spot. Um, Everybody's a little bit different in the way that they receive it, but I am grateful for just the day-by-day process, word-by-word process of having to stop and ask him in prayer for help describing the next thing or being honest about my emotion at a certain moment in my life. And so I can definitely look back and say that he did that sort of leading. Amy Beck Lee here on The Intersection. You can learn more at Amy Beck, that is B-A-I-K Lee dot com. The book website is thishomewardache.com. This is The Intersection podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by clicking on the Meeting House link in the programming menu from faithradio.org. 
Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find links to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast, as well as the Meeting House radio program. You can find links to the Intersection podcast through the Meeting House homepage to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can find a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel. That's where you can go to watch video of Meeting House guests, including recently added content from the summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. You can also find links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info. Or you can go through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast at Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. The Intersection Podcast continues now with founder and president of Iran Alive Ministries, Hormoz Shariat. He's the author of a book called Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. In our recent Meeting House conversation, he provided analysis of the conflict between Israel and Hamas, the relationship with Iranian leadership, and how Iranians are coming to Christ. Here now from that conversation is Hormoz Shariat. The support of uh, Iranian government, of, uh, of people in Palestine, Hamas, and Hezbollah and others is just a supernatural work of the evil one. In, and uh, the hatred behind it is so spiritual. So let me let me sum it up. We don't have much time, but um, there is a two prophecies in the Bible that are we're moving towards the fulfillment at the same time. One is good, one is bad. One in Ezekiel 38, we see that Iran and Russia and other countries like Turkey will unite against Israel. Is this happening now? It's moving towards that, probably not now, but it's a step in that direction. Now, at the same time, in Jeremiah 49, verses 34 and on, we see prophecies about Iran. Uh, It's called Elam, which is completely a land inside Iran. We see that there will be a war in Iran. Many people will be killed. But in Jeremiah 49:38, we see that the Lord says, I will set my throne in Elam. Not many people hmm. know about that. They know that the prophecy about God saying, I will set my throne in Jerusalem, but not in Elam. So what does it mean? That means Iran will be a Christian nation sooner or later. Now, what is amazing, Bob, is that both prophecies are being fulfilled or in the direction of being fulfilled at the same time. The Iranian government is moving towards destroying Israel. They're developing nuclear bomb and they're not shy about it. They say, when we have it, we will use it against Israel. At the same time, we see the people of Iran. See, there is a big gap between the government of Iran and the people of Iran. There is such a disconnect. The government in Islamic wants to destroy Israel. The people of Iran are rejecting Islam. And are you ready to hear this? 
they are loving Israel. Did you know during the last two weeks that there has been many rallies outside Iran that Iranians gather all over the world, in Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., everywhere, in Europe, France, they have been rallies by Iranians saying, we support Israel. And did you know that hmm. one of the hashtags that uh, in, in Iran, uh, the last 10 days, the last two weeks has been, I support Israel. One of the hashtags that has been trending. So here is this connect. Iranian people are moving away from Islam. They're supporters of Israel, and they do not want their government to support Palestine. So Iran, Iranian people are moving towards Christianity and support of Israel and the Jews. The Iranian government, on the other hand, is moving away from their people. They're moving towards hating and destroying Israel and supporting Hamas, Hezbollah, which they do by millions and billions of dollars. Tell me how you see the the shift to a more Christian bent in accordance with Jeremiah 49. Well, it's already happening, Bob. I'm not saying it by faith. I'm saying it by sight. <laughs> I'm seeing it. The Iranians are coming to Christ. They, they have rejected Islam. Of course, they don't automatically choose Jesus. We have to do our part. We have to share the gospel with them. But once they hear it, there is no competition with Jesus. That's why we see so many Iranians come to Christ. And by the way, since the war started uh, with, uh, with, with uh, Palestine and Israel the last two weeks, there has been a surge of interest in Christianity. Wow. The number of people who are contacting us, Iranian Muslims, the number of Iranian Muslims who watch our online videos more than 10 times, 10 to 20 times the last week. And there are questions, these Muslims who contact us, they are very open because in the midst of all these war, our message is love, peace, and hope. And this is causing many Iran, more Iranians come to Christ. So to answer your question, the transformation of Iran is not from top down. It's not that the government will change and that the people will change. The Lord will change the hearts of millions of Iranians towards him. Uh, and by that, he will transform the nation. And at the end, the politics will change. It's not top down. It's yep. bottom up. Hormoz Shariat of Iran Alive Ministries here on The Intersection. The ministry website is iranalive.org. Well, this is The Intersection podcast. The authors of the book, Make Your Heart a Manger, Karen Porter and her daughter, Cherry McGregor, at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, discussed with me the concept of the book, which uses characters included in the Christmas story to illustrate how encountering Jesus can change lives. Here now from that conversation are Karen Porter and Cherry McGregor. We looked at each um, character in the Bible story, in the Christmas story, and we looked at the, sh the state of their heart before the Christ child was born, mm. and then what happened to their heart after the child was born, and they encountered him. So just to give you a little example, although I'd love to expand each one of them, but sure. for instance, the, the innkeeper had a busy heart, and he missed the Savior completely. 
and he ended up with an empty heart because of it, because he missed Christ. But the shepherds had an eager heart to find a Christ, and they did find him. And so when they, they ended up with a full heart. So we took each character and tried to really analyze where were they in their spiritual condition before they uh, encountered the Christ child. Well, let's talk about that innkeeper, if you will, because sometimes we, we think about the innkeeper as being, well, we have the expectation that out of thin air he can just create some space <laughs> for Mary and Joseph to, to stay for the night. But he, you know, all of these characters, and I, I really appreciate this approach to the Christmas story because all of these characters are people whom God used in this wonderful Christmas story. And so when there was no room at the inn, that wasn't something that took God by surprise. It's, it's again, it's part of the plan. Absolutely. And uh, we, uh, in the book, we kind of imagine what it would have been like to have been that innkeeper. And, you know, the, the census was happening and people were coming to Bethlehem and the town was full. And uh, the innkeeper was probably very, very busy. Mm -hmm. And um, this couple shows up and I don't know, you know, if he took pity on him, if his wife took pity on her, on Mary, because she was pregnant or what. But um, it's something compelled him to find a space for this particular couple. And um, so he offers up his uh, stable and, uh, you know, I, I kind of picture that he offered up the stable, but yet he went on his way taking care of business and, and not really taking the time probably to realize what was happening in his stable out in the back. And I think um, for us, the lesson that we can learn there is especially during the Christmas time, we get so busy mm. and we just, you know, our lives are filled with not our they're busy already, but then to add everything that um, goes on with Christmas to that, all the parties and the shopping and the, everything else, that if we're not careful and we don't take time, we miss the whole reason for the Christmas season. And so I think um, the, the innkeeper is one that I definitely relate to as a mother of three kids and just the busy life and just taking that time to make sure that I don't miss Christ during that time. Yes. You are listening to The Meeting House here on Faith Radio. Karen Porter and Cherry McGregor joining us today here on this edition of the program as we talk about Make Your Heart a Manger. This is The Meeting House, the Christian Product Expo, summer 2023 in Lexington, Kentucky. So, Karen, we were talking about the innkeeper. You were sharing about the, the change of heart. For instance, the shepherds possessing an eager heart. Yeah. After they encountered Jesus there was something different. And we find this in in all of the characters exactly. that you deal Actually, with. Actually, some of the characters ended up, their heart wasn't better because they they didn't allow Christ to change them in a, in a positive way. But the, the shepherds did. So imagine you're a shepherd in that time. You are the lowest of the lowest of the low ranks there is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he and they... They were, they were not even allowed into the temple because they were considered, you know, they were with animals all the time. And so imagine them when they were the ones who heard this message. And I imagine them as wondering what goes on in that temple? What goes on? What is this mm -hmm. all about, this religion that we have as Jews? And, and then for the angels to come and say to them, the Savior has come, and for them to be the ones to, who heard it. And I see them as eagerly saying, yes, we'll go find him, and rushing to town to find uh, this baby and the, the, who would be king. And 
you know, imagine if we had those kind of eager hearts. Yes. What if my heart was that eager to see him in every place I go and to see him even in lowly places like mangers and to uh, to just embrace the idea that God would speak to me uh, in my low position and that I could know that God, what God was saying. And so it, they were rewarded because their hearts were full mm. <laughs> and they rejoiced and worshiped him. Karen Porter and Terry McGregor here on The Intersection. You can learn more at makeyourheartamanger.com. Well, we are nearing the conclusion of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by accessing the programming menu at faithradio.org and clicking on the Meeting House link. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast and the Meeting House radio program. You'll also find links to the Intersection podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can find a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel where you can watch video of Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.